<laughs> Welcome to Burning Okay, you guys have been begging me to have him on, and I was like, fine, I guess I'll have him on. He's literally the star of my Man on the Street videos. Some people call him the gaslighting gay because he's been gaslighted by his exes before. Some people just call him the funniest person they've ever met. We have Oscar Aiden on the pod today. Oh my God. Uh, (laughs) Oh my God. Like, honestly, like, am I the most popular (laughs) on your Man on the Street? Like, stop. Well, this is the thing. I was unsure if I wanted to have a gay man on the man on the street because I knew that you would just like be by far so much more likable than everyone else. I can't help it. I just, I can't help it. And me and you have some really funny outtakes that the people haven't seen. Like I was interviewing one of these dudes and he was pissing me off because it was like hour two and I was having enough. And then Oscar just flies in on his, what is it called? My, my gooder. <laughs> Your gay scooter? My gay scooter. My gooter. <laughs> like, I like to fly in on my gooter. It was the most graceful scoot I've ever seen. And you flew right through. And you just, you're just a star. And I've always loved you. Just at the comedy club, we gravitate to each other. You're my sister from another mister. I also did your podcast. Yes, you did. When it first came out, I was like, oh my God, you have to do it. Where can people listen? Give so, a- um, A... Thank you so much for having me today. You're welcome. Totes love you. B, thank you for enjoying my little gooder drive-bys. I'm obsessed. Um, Anytime. Yeah, I've always wanted to be a white man from a startup company. Uh, <laughs> that's what my goal was to be in life, was to be a gooder from a startup company. Uh, <laughs> this is the new Razor scooter. Everyone's yeah, going to want one. This is the new one. If and you ride then, it, your kid just turns gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not throw out propaganda. You know? I don't want to... 10 bucks your kid can start musical theater yeah oh i've seen some children they can not uh no i have my own podcast it's called oh oscar and i get to talk to all of my entertainment friends comedians models etc and we talk about their first gay experience like ugly people pretty people (laughs) (laughs) ugly on the inside pretty on the outside I did have, uh, you were on it, and my God, it was such a fun episode, except for the one part where Hannah said that I could look like a really hot (laughs) 50-year-old or an 18-year-old who's been through some shit. (laughs) Quote, unquote. One, I forgot I said that. Two, I fucking nailed it. (laughs) I'm done. No, but like you're, I feel like your age, your nationality, not your sexuality, that's pretty clear, (laughs) is kind of like, we don't know. I know. I'm ethnically ambiguous, technically. But it's funny, we've had some really bonding talks, like in Ubers, in the kitchen, behind a stand-up club, where I feel like I've just loved hearing your story, because if someone just looks at you, you're a comic from New York City, you look confident you're happy you're i'm an italian soccer coach yes you have the one of the more interesting upbringings that i've ever heard actually you tell it because i actually so i I, you know i am a a very interesting case i actually don't talk about it that much Mm -hmm. because it never really like struck me as something very interesting to technically just get out there i'm working on it on my set yeah. and trying to find a place where I enjoy talking about it, but it's not there yet. And I'm not going to force it because mm-hmm. then I'm just not going to have fun with it on stage. But yes, I am adopted. I was adopted when I was four years old from Turkey, from an orphanage. My mother passed away literally right after giving birth to me. And then my father gave me up for adoption. So I was in an orphanage for about three years. And then I got adopted by this couple. My adoptive mother is Norwegian. My adoptive father is Turkish. And so they And you're originally from Turkey. I'm originally from Turkey, but my background and lineage, which I've discovered is... As Iranian, so like Afghanistani, Iranian, uh-huh. and then Turkey. Wow. Yeah. It's funny because you hear stories of like 
people getting adopted, but for you to literally say like I was in an orphanage till I was four, like it makes me want to just like hold you. Oh, don't. Um, <laughs> you're like literally don't touch me with your gross don't. feminine energy. <laughs> no, I love you. Thank you for that. You know what it is? Is I'm very fortunate. I was adopted into a family that just gave me kind of like a second chance. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that I've been the luckiest for in life. So to say that I've had this kind of like miracle of being adopted by a loving family, which there's still a lot of children in adoption homes. So I always say, if you have the chance, adopt a child, because, you know, there are a lot of children out there that would love a home. But I always say like, the luckiest thing that ever happened to me in life was that I was adopted and everything else that happens in my life is icing on the cake. Wait, didn't they also want a girl at first? Yes, but we don't talk about that. Oh, sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, you have amazing eyelashes. They probably were like, he'll do. What? <laughs> These? Oh my God. I mean, people and pay so cute. much money. Close up, close up, close up. As I pat my eyelashes to the audience. The Thank producer's you. like, how many times yeah. do we have to give this guy a close yeah, up? There we go. No, you look great. Uh, yes, I think so. So the you story have... goes as my mother wanted, they wanted a girl, but uh, it didn't work out. So they got me. So it sounds like you live life with gratitude? Yes. For a long time. I think for a while, and you and I had talked about this, I kind of lived in this gray area of just surviving. And it was very hard for me. I didn't really have anything that I was working towards and I wasn't really fitting in anywhere. And I kind of didn't see myself enjoying life and working to achieve goals. And then I started doing comedy kind of like full time. And ever since then, I feel like now I have a place. There's a place for me. I'm unique enough to fit in to all these places where a lot of unique people fit in. And that really has helped me kind of pass this survival mode and more into a gratitude mode. Because mm. I will say during that survival mode, there were times of like anger and bitterness just because I didn't have a lot going on. So I was always just kind of like, Ugh, whatever, why me? Why this? I don't understand. And then I found a therapist. And I must say, mental health is the most important thing. Do it. Do it. I will give up Starbucks, whatever. I'll give up Starbucks. I'll <gasps> give up McDonald's. I'll give up whatever. <laughs> just so that once a week or every other week, I know that's very hard for gay A gay to man do. just gave up iced coffee? I mean, a gay man giving up iced coffee or taking selfies is, you know, <laughs> groundbreaking. However, I will say, giving that up in order to be able to have a session once a week or bi-weekly where someone tells you you're not crazy is amazing. Well, they say that the first seven years of your life, and by they, I probably saw it on TikTok, <laughs> But the first seven yeah. years of your life like sets your like mental state up for how you view relationships, yourself, like the first seven years. And your first seven years were way more complicated than the average, you know, privileged person in America. Oh, yeah. I don't remember anything. I have no recollection of what happened before probably the age of seven. <gasps> Six or seven, yeah. I have no recollection. But is it like you blocked it because it was probably a lot of trauma involved? No, I think it's because I just have really bad ADHD. <laughs> You're so. like, no, I just smoked too much weed. <laughs> but you know... I just don't remember. What's great, though, about your journey to like finding gratitude is I learned that you cannot feel anxiety and gratitude at the same time. Oh, God, yes, you can. <laughs> Are you nuts? Oh my God. I am anxiously grateful for so many things. I'm like, I'm very thankful for this iced coffee. Get me through the morning. I think I saw that on a TikTok. But you know what? I actually disagree with that too. Because I saw something on TikTok yesterday that <laughs> I called Which the is, New York Times. We should just call it the new CNN. Yes. No, it's literally like the New York Times to me. Yeah. Someone said a running like a busy mind is an unhappy mind like you when you're deep in thought 
are never actually happy. It's when you're existing within the moment. Like when you're doing, like when we're on stage and we're not bombing and you're in that moment, that is happiness. It's not like a thrill of something happening to you. It's when you're literally just existing like a plant. Yeah, and that's one of the things that my therapist is helping me kind of discover is living in the moment. Because mm -hmm. I anxiously, unfortunately, I anxiously live in the past and I'm fearful for the future. So depression so, and anxiety. Right. So Cocktail. literally, I know, my God, let me just lay down. <laughs> get an espresso martini on this yeah, bed. Let me just get, lay down and be like, Hannah, Danny, and uh, but no, it's one of those things where I, yeah, I I constantly live in a state of fear and a state of anxiety and a state of regret sometimes, and it's really learning how to live in the moment and find the present and then be present with that because I don't. I'm going to say this: I have had some accomplishments this year that I'm very very proud of, mm -hmm. and we do get accomplishments in life. But sometimes when you live in a state of constant anxiety, you don't learn how to lean into the good times because yeah. you're always waiting for the bad times. It reminds me of Taylor Swift when she like won this huge award and she was like, who do I have to celebrate with? I feel more alone than ever. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what that is. I don't listen to Taylor. I'm sorry. I am a homosexual and I do not listen to Taylor Swift. Thank you very much. I'm sorry for stereotyping you right now and assuming that you would love a yeah. Taylor Swift can reference. Just, can I just, can I live a Taylor Swift You're like, I actually just life? like, you know, rap. <laughs> oh my God. I love uh, techno music. Like, Ooh. oh, yeah. I, okay, European. Oh, my God. I used to listen to this. I'm not going to age myself because obviously I'm only like in my mid 30s. Mm -hmm. However, there was this program. Thanks for clarifying because everyone's been confused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're coming in on the live feed and be like, how old is this queen? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's, good. that's the one thing I learned from my boyfriend who has worked in the fashion industry for years he's like two things you never tell people number one how old you are and number two how long you've been doing something because they will judge you on both and in comedy that's the first thing people ask you it's actually so fucking rude people just go how long have you been doing it yeah so how long have you been what doing do you, comedy what should i say i don't know how long have you had those bangs <laughs> sandy <laughs> how long have you had those bangs i don't know how long have you needed invisalign yeah how long have you had that kale stuck in your tooth? How long have you had Becky? that shitty attitude? How long have you had those split ends? <laughs> Notice that I'm only going towards the women and I need to start going towards the men. But I've only been like tearing apart women. But the funny thing is the women won't ask you. It's usually the male comics. It's only the male comics. It's only the male comics who will ask you. And I'm like, but I'm so used to being like shady. So yeah. I've got to learn how to like direct it towards straight how men. How long have you been DMing Instagram models and they haven't been responding? Yeah. How long have you been wearing those like cargo shorts? <laughs> how long have you smelled like... When was the last time you bathed? How about that one? <laughs> I've been doing comedy for as long as you've stopped wearing deodorant. How about that? How about that? How long has have you been trying to grow in that beard that has holes in it? And peach fuzz is a strong description. Anna, are you okay? Because you got real angry. I did no, because this she's question like, I get like, asked all the time. So she's how long channeling have you been doing it? some inner like rage right now towards <laughs> one person. The whole rest of the podcast is just says, how long yeah. has your name been? <laughs> Because that's the thing. As I, you just see me walk away across <laughs> Hannah out the door, and she's like, "How long?" I'm all the way up to the camera. Yeah, and, and anyway. I'm like, and I'm like, <laughs> just you just see my hand waving from the background, be like, "Bye." But this is the I'll thing, because if you say a short amount of time, then it's like you're pretty good for someone who doesn't know what exactly. they're doing. If you say a long time, you're actually bad for. So it's always a negative connotation and a judgment they're projecting on you. And I also, for the fucking more. I re actually read in a book once that like not on TikTok some yeah some things I, I mean I do like first couple pages of a book and I'm like I see what we're Moon's doing good. here yeah. is they've done studies you just kind of turn it into a pamphlet yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just an ebook it's actually a caption of Instagram yeah. they did 
like studies with doctors Mm -hmm. and some doctors who've only been five years in prove to do better on like all tests because like they're excited they're fresh they're not jaded and so like experience in certain things is obviously important but it's not everything i think the gays say the same thing about anal (laughs) we (laughs) they're young since you they're new they're fresh so they're excited about it since you've opened the cheeks on this (laughs) (laughs) as someone who is scared of anal but open to it no pun intended (laughs) do you have any advice for starting an anal journey you are probably more versed in anal than i am sweetheart i got told yesterday that i'm a versed otter a versed otter what's a versed otter and do you agree Okay. First of all, <laughs> you're not a hairy five, six foot man. Is that? <gasps> he called me hairy? Well, that's what a five foot six slender build homosexual who's hairy is usually called. That's literally me. <laughs> I'm Italian and Jewish. Okay. He said like, but some of it is smooth. Some of the otters. Who were you talking Blakely to? Blakely yesterday. He called me a verse otter. What, I would what do you never think I am? A power bottom? No, I, I don't know. This is so weird because I've never done this to women before where I've gone up to them and be like, you're this. But if you were to ask, I would probably say like a smooth twink. <laughs> I want everybody to know that I am the least homosexual that has probably ever existed. Well, that's also the funniest thing about Oscar. Like, he dresses like a guy who got stuck at Target. People always ask me, they're like, Oscar, what is your style aesthetic? And I'm like, the mannequin at TJ Maxx. Yeah. Like, that is, that, that's Why is. do you think you're like this and the gay community has rejected you? <laughs> Uh, I don't know how to answer that double trauma question, (laughs) Hannah. Yeah, that was a real double whammy. She was like, why do you dress like this? And why do you think that you are no longer accepted by anyone in this world? As she drinks her candy. What do Hollywood people say? Like, you're never going to work in this town again. Yeah. Do you know what it is? Is I just guess I never fit into a lot of gay spaces. Ooh, what is what are some traditional gay spaces? I think there's obviously like there's the, you know, the boys with perfect bodies. You know, they have those perfect bodies. They go to the gym. They've got this like ideal marketing lifestyle. And then they go to Equinox or yeah. Equinox as we call it uh-huh. in the afternoon. And you're um, like obese in the gay community. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like... You know, uh, it's hard now. I mean, everybody, there's so much body body positivity in the gay community. Is there body positivity in the gay community? There is more now. Or is it just like a pandering? It is more now where more people are kind of like accepting of different, like, you know, different physical attributes within the gay community. But I think when I was coming out and even more so, it was you either fit into you know, two subcategories. The really hot muscle boy or other. And I have to let you guys know, if you're just listening, Oscar is extremely, extremely handsome. And you have a great confident aura about you, which is the most important thing. That's the depression. Yeah. 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 You can take like the quiet, sad person for like the quiet, confident. (laughs) Yeah. You know what it is, is I, I'm going to a gay wedding. Oh yeah, you in November twentieth. I'm it's going to a gay. You out. It is You've stressing me out because here's the times. thing: this gay wedding. There's going to be mostly fabulous or wealthy gay men. All things. These men will ha- all have something that I don't. They have either wealth or looks or dignity. And here's the thing: <laughs> Just, <laughs> naming off things, right? And so, like, I I kind of got to find something to bring to the table it's very hard because i remember going out to the hamptons once and i was at the hamptons and i'm not like you know i live within my means i'm not a uh you know i don't have funds available left and right i don't necessarily buy things that i don't need i buy the necessities in my life i'm okay with that and one of the things that's always been hard for me is that 
a lot of times in the gay community, not always, but a lot of times in the gay community, you're judged by your materials or your wealth. And I don't have either. I was at a fundraiser once and someone came up to me and we were in a conversation with a group of people. And afterwards, they were like, oh, my God, Oscar, it is so nice to meet you. Here's my card. I took the card, and it was something, something, wealth management. And they're like, if you ever need someone for wealth management, you let me know. And I was like, ma'am? <laughs> how do you manage something? If you can tell me how to manage overdraft fees... <laughs> And uh, you and I will have a conversation. Can you manage my emotions? Right. Can on a you daily basis? Manage. And they're like, you know, like if you ever, and I'm like, can you manage I have, my insecurities? Like if you look at my will, it is basically a black dildo and a box set DVD of the Golden Girls. Like that is what's in my will. That's what's in my will. I don't have any. Like my friends are always like, well, you know, when I come into your apartment, if anything ever happened, you know, I'm like, girl, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Literally go right I ahead. hope you enjoy that 200 thread count bed sheet set from Lotless. I have a friend who her apartment <laughs> is yeah. literally so messy that someone broke into it once and left because they thought it was already broken into. That is amazing. Iconic. I will say this. There is one advantage of being not so wealthy and being just average. And that is if someone ever steals your identity... <laughs> Thank you. When someone stole my someone stole my identity once, and I was like, <laughs> "Okay, okay." They got approved for a hundred dollar credit card at Target. That's what they got. By all means, sweetheart, you go right ahead with that. I didn't know this about you because you're not very flirty, especially with the straight men. Like you're not one of the guys that are like trying to get attention from everyone. You're pretty like, you're very confident. You honestly like, they like try to flirt with you and you're like, ew, get away from me. I don't care. You don't care. I don't care because my thing is, A, I've come to the realization that this is just who I am. And you like it or you don't? They call that the sauce. What's the sauce? The sauce is someone on TikTok. I have to credit her. I totally forgot her name, but she talks about the sauce and how some people have it and some don't. And it's this like, you're not trying to be cool for anyone. You're not trying to change who you are for anyone. If people don't like you, you're like, whatever. And it's the sauce. You know what it is, is I will say the only way that I've reached this sauce is by having the right ingredients. And that ingredient is... Hummus. <laughs> Not hummus. Also, um, uh, let's calm down with the stereotypes, <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I love how she just throws in like... <laughs> it was going to be very... We were doing so well. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say something really deep and emotional, and she's like, hummus. I also didn't pronounce it right. You like hummus. <laughs> you put in the hummus. <laughs> now, uh, one of those ingredients to the sauce is uh, mental health and just having that ability to learn that I am good enough. Uh, listen, I always say, am I going to be something else? No. What I am, am I aspiring to that? Yes. But no one's perfect. No one comes out absolutely perfect. No one comes out of the womb having a Netflix special. No one comes out of the womb having a six pack. You know, I mean, unless you're the child of Giselle Bunchen. But <laughs> so, Oscar. Yeah. I have to ask. Yeah. How many men have you slept with? Oh my God. Well, I'm pretty sure that my bufferand is going to be listening to this, and he already knows. Like that's a thing that I will say in my <clears throat> in my. Tenure as a comic and as in my tenure with my boyfriend, you know, he knows a lot about me and he knows. You're getting very defensive about... right now. <laughs> I'm, defensive. I'm just setting it up. So that way I have a boyfriend when I leave this podcast. Anna? Dad, uh, you see that? Boy, she got real. She got real. <clears throat> 1100. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is my question. Yes. 
Wait, how many men have you slept with? I don't know. Probably, you know, I think every gay man has had at least 500 plus. Not, hold on one second. I know I'm going to get canceled for that. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to get, yeah, I'm going to get canceled. Okay, sorry. He's going to be like, how dare you bucket me like that? No, no. (laughs) There are a lot of gay men who have had over at least 500 sexual partners. So my question is, with you sleeping with this many men, do you feel more worthy? Actually... What's interesting is what happened in my life is that the adulation or the euphoria that I felt after random hookups was short-lived. And I noticed that was driving a lot of my ups and downs and depression. And so what I needed to come to the realization is that all of these euphoric moments weren't... It was followed by a low. They were followed by a low, but all of these euphoric moments weren't an indicator of the value of who I am as a person. And so what I had to come to the realization was, is that these were just moments that were ebbs and flows, and that ultimately the only way that I will ever meet someone in a long-term relationship is to understand that this is not what I inevitably want long-term. That is fucking powerful. It is. You know, that's the thing. It's like in the gay community, dating is very hard Mm -hmm. and random sex is always there. Right. Random sex is always it's easy. And that's the thing. It's it's like it's easy. It's great. I'm glad. You know, have I had a, a, a lot of fun years? Hell yeah. I've had a lot of fun years. But I cannot tell you there is nothing more wonderful than coming home to someone who is cooking dinner. I love that. That you do not get. I love that. And that. And that consistent euphoria of having someone there for you has thus Which replaced is the ups and downs yes. of a euphoria that is short-lived. Definitely fewer extreme highs, yeah. but also fewer extreme lows. Yeah. And like almost feeling comfortable with the consistency. And you become more confident. And I found someone, as a gay person, it's hard to date. As a gay comic, it's even a lot harder mm. because gay men don't want to be the brunt of humor. They get very, they get very nervous and about that. They the, only people that good... can, the only people that are technically allowed to make fun of gay men are drag queens, if you think about it. Because it's, uh, it's kind of hard. Yeah, and unless so, you're really close with right. them. Right, and so for me... To find someone who accepts me and then also supports my humor and then also laughs at it, laughs at it, well, it's kind of big. So I'm happy. But it also says a lot about the work you've done in yourself to be in a position where you feel open to accepting the love and able to sustain. I'm a wreck. I am an absolute chaotic ADHD wreck. I know that. I've got my Same. faults. Same. I've got my faults. But I'll tell you something. Am I gorgeous? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do I have a six pack? Not in a million years. Do you have charisma off the fucking charts? I hope so. <laughs> but, boy, I look at this TV screen and I'm like, God, do I need a tan? You do. Wow, do I? I'm like matching the wall. Oscar. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> the couch is really nice. Uh, <laughs> this couch is nice. This couch where did is you buy this plant? <laughs> yeah, where did we get this? I love this coloring scheme here. I gotta work on mine. Um, Wait, so are you? What are you doing to help your ADHD? Nothing. Okay, same. Because like, there's the option to go on medication, but I also feel like when our whole job is being able to like do a joke and then see something in the corner of the room and make a comment on it, then finish the joke, then start crowd work on the left, like it could potentially numb some of it. You know what it is, is have I looked into medication for ADHD? Now, should I? Maybe. I don't know. I will say when I first started with my therapist, I asked her, I was like in a very dark place. Mm -hmm. And I said, do you think I should go on medication? And she looked at me and she said, why? And I said, I don't know. I just, you know, I think maybe I need it. And she says, I don't. And so I knew that this was a therapist that I could trust because they weren't trying to just push something on me. Like a quick fix. A quick fix. And so 
that's the thing. It's like, I'm always weary of these quick fixes. Like, what are some things that I could do over time that would help me? Now, do I have severe ADHD? Yes. Borderlining gay DHD? Absolutely. <laughs> I have severe gay DHD. It is exhausting. But also, I love what you said about like the little things. I feel like when you put when you wake up, you know those weeks when you're like, I'm going to be a different person this week. Suddenly, I'm going to clean up after myself. Suddenly, I'm going to have good time management yeah. skills. Suddenly, I'm going to you know, work out three hours a week and eat healthy. That's not going to happen because you'll get quickly overwhelmed and then you'll feel like a failure. But if you try to change a tiny bit every day, like my therapist was like, if you change 1% every day, that's technically like 30% by the end of the month. I'm not, you know, the math... It's I know what you mean. I started this whole regiment where I would in the shower would say five things that I'm grateful every single day. And that went down to one. <laughs> but and then it went down to nothing. <laughs> so now in the shower I just bitch. <laughs> to my curtain. Now in the shower I just pee. <laughs> now I just bitch. <laughs> but you're right though. Yeah. You are right. I mean, listen, my Xbox died recently. Mm-hmm. And I was devastated because an Xbox is worth, like, I'm a gamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I love, I'm a big gamer. And so my Xbox died. And so I would play video games to escape a lot of the just everyday exhaustion from a lot of things that are happening yeah, in my life. Yeah, numb your mind. And, but I also noticed that I wasn't really accomplishing anything and getting things accomplished and things would fall behind. And my Xbox died the other day. And I cannot honestly tell you is the best thing to happen to me in a long time. Well, because that's like a habit that was so intrinsic in your schedule that you didn't even know how much time it was yeah. consuming. I mean, there were times like I would I would realize that I'd be like, oh, you know, work is exhausted. I, you know, I have a show at eight. I'm done at five with work. I'm going to just play for like an hour and then I'll write and do some stuff. And then I would start playing and by the time, like I would look at the clock and it'd be 7.30 and I'd be like, oh my God, I did nothing and I've got to go to my show. And so now I kind of, it's been a blessing in disguise actually. Yeah. yeah. So as a gay gamer, yeah. some would just say a gamer. Right. How I'm a gamer. <laughs> have you dealt with bullying online? Because those kids could be fucking brutal. First of all, I don't do the chat thing. I don't do that whole. Because like, I was just envisioning, like, do you put on like a really mask? No, I don't. I don't. But my, I'm not going to say my screen name, but my screen name is hysterical. Uh, but I don't. But uh, on my, on when I play, you don't headpiece it. No, I don't. Have, I just go. I drive around. I do things. I play Grand Theft Auto. It's one of my favorites because I'm a big retro fan. Like I love this whole retro theme. I have this whole nostalgia for like retro 80s, you know, art deco kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So this. So you play it for the aesthetic. I play Grand Theft Auto for technically the aesthetic. That is the gayest reason I've ever heard. (laughs) You are such a gamer. You know what? (laughs) I, you know, like. I love it because I'm like, I am the least gay person ever. And then I'm like, I play Grand Theft Auto for the aesthetic. And they're like, (laughs) it's the gayest thing anyone has ever said. Final question before we play the Seven Deadly Sins. Yeah. What was the like reason you got into comedy? The reason why I got into comedy is because I was awful at improv. Oh, so you you took an improv class first. I took an improv class first. Why? And I was, because my... I wanted to do it. Yeah. I was like, why not? Yeah. I wanted to do something with theater and all that other stuff. I'm not very good at musical theater. I have a loud voice, but I'm not very good. Mm-hmm. I was, however, very popular in my high school musicals, but only as the old relative. Like I was the <laughs> rabbi in Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> I was the mayor in Bye Bye Birdie. I was the dead brother in one of these musicals. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so I see a theme here. Uh, and I was like, all right, well, this just throw me out to pasture. Uh, but the reason, I just love being a star. I just love being on stage. Also, one of the things that, uh, in the beginning, that's what I loved being. I loved having the attention on me. As an only child, I loved the attention. Now, one of the reasons why I love comedy is I can bitch about all the things that I think about on stage mm-hmm. and turn it into comedy. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. The things that annoy me the most in the world, 
I can actually say on stage. And then when people react, everyone feels less alone. Right. Like, I love bitching about paper straws. <laughs> Why? For what? Paper cups, plastic straws. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay, it's time to play the seven deadly sins. For all those people out there that are watching that are very environmentalist. <laughs> I am an environmentalist. No, it's I actually totally been proven believe. that plastic straws are not actually that bad for the environment. Also, you do know how much timber we have to cut down in yeah. order to create paper straws. That that immediately melt and then you end up using four paper straws instead of one plastic straw. Oh my God. Do you know what sucking on a paper straw is like? It's like sucking on a guy who can't get hard. True. All you do is you suck, Just a limp and, you suck straw. and you suck and it gets wetter and wetter and wetter. And by the time you're done, all you want to do put the is whole thing in your the mouth. fucking thing out. <laughs> you can put the whole thing in your mouth yeah. and just bite it. Right. And you just limp, like it just kind of like dribbles out. And you're like, all right, well, this is. Turns into a little slug. All just to get the juice at the bottom of the fucking cup. Honestly, you nailed it. <laughs> okay, are you ready for the seven yeah, deadly sins? let's do it. Seven deadly sins. What are you greedy about? Oh, my God. Um... Uh... <laughs> I should have just sat like this the entire podcast. I should have just sat like this. For the seven deadly sins you can. Yeah. Okay, what am I what am I greedy about? Yeah. Food. What kind of food? Every fucking thing. Really? Oh yeah. Sweet I or savory. Eat. I used to uh I used to have a eating problem, so I would not know my limits. So like when I would have I would have McDonald's breakfast sometimes, per se. And I would get two sausage biscuits, two egg bacon cheese sausage biscuits, two egg McMuffins, six hash browns, and I would just eat. I'm greedy about food. Does McDonald's not do breakfast anymore? They do at some locations. Okay, some locations. But I got very greedy about it. Like I will put away two burritos, Chipotle burritos, in one sitting. Only because... I want the satisfaction of knowing that I've had enough. I could, I could understand that. That's why I've like, that's like why weight problems is fluctuated with me. I'm greedy about food. Yeah, I like to feel, it's also like the numbness feeling. I you're hate so sharing cool. guacamole. Why? For what? Give me my own guacamole. Oh, well, they also, they charge like $18 in New York for a literal dollars for a little tablespoon of guacamole. And, and now I'm see, supposed to share it with three other people at brunch. And there's only many like scoops that have the perfect balance of yeah. like the tomato and the cilantro. And, and the you onion. have to like, and you're like worried, like, oh, did I take too much? Are they going to see it? And then what happens when your chip breaks in the guacamole? Now you have to get another chip mm-hmm. to scoop out that chip, mm-hmm. which is inevitably going to take a percentage more guacamole mm-hmm. so now everybody looks at you mm-hmm. give me my own guacamole honestly i agree yeah who are you envious of i am envious of people who can sit down and complete a task without getting distracted mm. how long until you get distracted about 30 seconds <laughs> that's why sex has never lasted more than two <laughs> minutes with me i like very distracted you start like texting. oh my god another below deck Mediterranean, Mediterranean is on. Oh my God, our Real Housewives is on. Oh my God, can I ask though? Did you watch the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion? So I'm um, in recovery, so I'm I can't watch reality TV anymore. (laughs) Oh my God! But I heard Kathy went off. Can I just say, if any of you, I never. Let me tell you something. I never was a Real Housewives fan. And then my boyfriend is obsessed with it. And now I am obsessed with it. So if any what of you... What was your opinion? Because I personally did not... I like... I'll read the little blogs. I don't understand why... I don't understand the beef. Like they're arguing over whether or not Kathy got really upset one night. It's a lot of drama for no reason. Honestly, yeah. it's a lot of drama for no reason. Do I think that there's drama? Yes. But also, let's be honest. You wouldn't have a show without drama. Oh, for sure. So it would just be. At, it would just be. You know, people six. get mad at the people who start the drama, but then they'll complain if there's no drama. But then also, Bravo does this thing where, if it's clear whose side you should be on, they'll edit it 
to make it more gray so things won't make sense and you don't know whose side to take and then you fight about it on Twitter and then they're like, thank you. Exactly. They know what they're doing. Like if you see something on Bravo, which happens a lot, where you're like, her reaction is not matching what happened. It's because she's not reacting to... You're not seeing the full story of what Is happened. Is that it? I did not know that. Yeah. But it make, it's smart because it's like it makes the fights more interesting. And then whenever they see someone leaning too much on one side, they'll give you tea to like make you question that. And then it's just this incredible mind fuck. I am obsessed with Real Housewives, Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. Potomac. You know, Giselle is my girl. Lo- Which one's Giselle? Giselle Bryant. The gorgeous one. Blue eyes. Oh yeah, past her husband. Oh yeah, she's incredible. She's so nice. Um, but yeah, that cast that they also were the underdogs. Like they were new, and girl, they came out fighting. They are now like surpassing Atlanta with like the drama. Okay, they serve Kendra. It. Wait, no, is it is, Candy? No, not Candy. It's a uh, Kenya. Kenya, don't fuck with Kenya. She. Let me tell you something. <laughs> That is ultimate. Like, see, you want to learn how to be petty and shady. Yeah. You want to see the ultimate embodiment of like petty and shady in a woman Mm -hmm. through a gay man is Kenya. She's also like consistent though. Yeah. Like, some people have seasons where they're kind of petty and mean and then they'll be like an angel. She's fucking, you know, she will laugh every time she's in that like (laughs) confessional booth. She's like, girl, don't (laughs) fuck with me. You know, like, I don't know why you fuck with me. No. She'll be like, girl, I don't know why you are playing those games. And I'm like, girl, I love you. All of the people that are watching, I want you to know that. By the way, thank mm-hmm. you so much for having me. Uh, Real Housewives, 90 Day Fiance. You know, I didn't ask you what shows I know, you- <laughs> but I just want to know. I love all of these shows. So if you ever want to, like, you know, gabble, let me know. Yeah. Okay, going back but to what I am. ADHD, though, I have, like, productive ADHD where I'll be like, okay, I need to send this email, but I'll be, like, about to send it, and then I'll procrastinate with productive shit. Like, I'll be like, Oh, but I need to do my room and I'll start cleaning my room and then I'll, I won't finish that. And I'll be like, oh, but I, I'm hungry now. So I'll just nonstop never finish anything. Do you want to know something? In my apartment, I have come to the realization that the only way I'm going to get anything done is if I write it on the wall in large print. Oh, manifestation. No, it's <laughs> how I get things done. Okay, going back to envy. Uh, I envy people who are able to focus. I wish I could because I feel like if I could focus, I'd be a lot further along in my career. It's funny because we see a lot of comics and you see them on stage and you see them, you know, promoting tours and stuff, but you don't see the like day to day of like how they get there. And I feel like a lot of comics have our same like uh, they get confused, but and they have ADHD and that's what makes them who they are. But I, I do wonder behind the scenes what are successful comics like are they actually so much more focused than other people? Yeah. I mean, or do they it, just have a, a good team around them? It's a drive like Kevin and it's a not focus. Material. But also, everybody just has their own journey. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. What was the last time you experienced extreme wrath or anger? The last time I experienced extreme wrath or anger must have been in the line at Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> what happened? Have an express checkout. <laughs> Why do I have to wait for Hilda, who is visiting no. from Germany? That's part of the journey of Burlington. Or, like, who's checking out with 400 <laughs> items when I'm on my lunch break. I got 15 minutes and I just want to swim That's suit. part of the journey. Why? Why do I have to wait? <laughs> Express checkout. If Burlington, if I can do one thing to change this world, it is that Burlington... <laughs> On my deathbed. From now on, we'll have express <laughs> checkout. That's Marshalls, TJ Maxx, Burlington. I like do. Express. I love on. I love a TJ Maxx. I truly do. Because, I am. Because it's like, it takes actual skill to find something that's yeah. good. You I'm a Maximister. Ooh, I love that for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm not a Maximista. I'm a Maximister. When was the last time you were a sloth? So like literally didn't do anything all day. Every day. Do you wake up early? I wake up like at around 730 yeah, that's early. I woke up at noon today. Yeah. When was the last time you let your ego get in the way of something? We weren't done with sloth. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was like, so you're a lazy piece of shit. Same. She's like, I've got things to do. Can we hurry up on these questions, please? Uh, when was the last time I was a sloth? I don't know. When I play video games, I'm yeah. a sloth. Yeah. Does your boyfriend play video games? No. Does he get annoyed with you when you do? No. He knows I want my time. <laughs> 
Oh, that's good. I know if I have my time, I'm a lot nicer person. I love that. Yeah. Well, also, you realize it's part of like loving your partner by knowing their needs that may not always have you involved in them. Yeah. He's great that way. When was the last time you let your ego get in the way of something? Oh, can you spell that, please? (laughs) (laughs) Can you use it in a sentence? It's actually a complicated question. It is. It's kind of like pride or like it can happen in in work, in friendships, in relationships where you just kind of. I will say this. I think in a lot of times we as entertainers and people that are constantly Mm -hmm. striving to be better and better compare ourselves Mm -hmm. and what happens is we see someone or something that happened and we're like i'm good enough to get that i should have that but in reality they are on a different journey and they are on a different path and i'm on my own journey and i'm on my own path and i just have to remember to keep my eyes gaily forward yeah i mean if if you get distracted and put energy into like rooting against people or tearing yourself down like that energy manifests in all the other shit you're doing but if you if you let like yeah like bad things that happened to you in the past distract you like you're just hurting yourself yeah i know yeah it's hard when was the last time you lusted over someone besides your boyfriend like do you have a celebrity crush Ooh, celebrity crush (laughs) (laughs) tom hardy (gasps) Ooh, he's he is tiny though he's five seven that's fine. Yeah, I'm just letting you know. I I've because I've looked into it. Really? Yeah. I mean, my boyfriend's five seven, so I'm fine with that. Yeah. He's hot. Tom Hardy. Ugh. Gorgeous. Fuck. Blue eyes. Like, pretty lips. I mean, I wouldn't say no to the man. God no. You can get it. Very um moody. You can get it. A lot of people have an attraction for Bad Bunny. I can see that. Bad Bunny's handsome. Oh. I do like Bad really? Bunny. Yeah. I think he's handsome. I guess I like see him more as like an artistic expression because he always has like crazy hair and fashion. So I, I, I like almost don't see his face sometimes. Yeah. He's very handsome and he's extremely successful. Do I understand oh God, a lot yeah. of his lyrics? No. No. But will I still sing them? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Final question. Yeah honestly thrived in hell but i knew it now he's in a full now he's oh okay booty yeah. you look like you're on an only fans couch right now oh my god um what's it called when they do the pornos the casting couch, casting couch. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do to cope with your hell when you're going through it when you're in that dark place how do you golden girls <laughs> go Din girls. So fucked up about Golden Girls. They're supposed to be like 40. What? How old are they in it? Like 50s and 60s. But yeah, they're in their 50s and they made them look fully geriatric. It was the 80s. But style was not like, you they know. They literally told 50-year-old women that their life is over. <laughs> no, honestly, uh, Golden Girls. I'm girl. 20 years away from being a Golden Girl. Okay, calm down. Some of us are a lot closer than that. <laughs> Uh, what gets me through the hard times? Uh, the Golden Girls, iced coffee, and the Golden Girls. That's the little things me. in life. You know, I tell you this: as a child, I didn't have a lot of friends, and so I'm used to going through hard times by myself. Mm. And the one thing that I always escape to, and I think a lot of children who are lonely out there escape through entertainment, mm. and they find a show. And they resonate with that show Mm -hmm. and they escape through it. And that's why, like, every time, it doesn't matter. I have seen every single episode, but the Golden Girls will always bring me joy. But it also comes, like, into this beautiful full circle moment that entertainment has saved you and now you are bringing entertainment to the masses as one of my favorite comics. I hope so. You really, really are. I I love making people smile and laugh and have fun. And if at the end of my life, I look at it and I say, you know, what was I the most proud of? I guess it would be finding a way to have fulfillment through laughter. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. I like laughing. Mm-hmm. I wish the, I wish more people would laugh. Well, laughter is that thing that in that moment you have to be in the moment when you're laughing. It's like a sneeze. Like you're just like you're just expressing yourself and letting loose. And that's laughter is the one thing that 
you can have that you can control. I've laughed, honestly, looking at a lot of your fans on TikTok commenting on the videos. Like some of their <laughs> quotes no. or some of their comments in the video section, I will like they'll say something about me and I'll be like, I love everybody. I'm like I love so it. It'll biased. bring me joy. I'm literally so biased, but the people who listen to my podcast, the people who follow me, especially TikTok because there's this algorithm where it like finds other people I feel like right. who want to consume your content. They're so fucking funnier than me. Like, they are so fucking funny. I'll be like, why didn't I think of that? Like, just the funniest fucking women and gays. No, she's yeah. not allowed. I, just, a sh- I was walking here and a straight dude was like, hey. And at first I'm like, is, this, is he about to kidnap me? And he's like, I like your podcast. And I literally didn't know how to react because that's never happened to me before. Yeah. So if you're like, I had a woman hit on me the other stop. day and I was like. <laughs> Malfunction, malfunction, gay malfunction, malfunction. I am not understanding. Pack away. Oscar, where can people follow you, watch you, listen to you? Give us the tea. You can find me on TikTok at Oscar Aiden and then Instagram. It's Oscar Aiden. And then A-Y-D-I-N. Yes, A-Y-D-I-N. A-Y-D-I-N. He's not Irish. I'm not Irish. No, is that? Is that Irish? And then you can find me. Um, I'm at the stand a lot, and which I love. And then you can also find me at uh, a lot of the other fabulous clubs in New York City. So just go to my Instagram and you'll see and all the dates. Actually, if you go to my link And your podcast, tree, right? Yeah. And you can check out my podcast, Oh Oscar. It's uh, available on Spotify and iTunes. And I would love the love. And it means a lot to me. And I enjoy people when they're... In, I'm I'm happy when people are happy about the things that I do. I get random comments sometimes, DMs from people that are like, "I saw you two months ago, and you were so wonderful." And it will be right at the moment when I'm having doubts about myself, and it'll mean the world to me. So I appreciate that. Oh, the universe has your back. I think so. I mean, it's a large tuckus. Yeah. So if it can push me. <laughs> More power to the universe because this thing is like, oh. Hannah, I love you so much. I love you so much. Thank I you. Can talk to you forever. Thanks for coming to hell, and we'll talk to you another day. Bye. Bye. Another day. That's my goodness. <laughs>